Welcome to Spiritual Psychotherapy. My name is Mia, or officially Dr. Mary Patricia Quinlivan. And this podcast is all about gently letting go of those things that are in the way of us being aware of what we truly are. That essence of spirit, essence of divine love that we truly are. I love to have you contribute to this podcast or share your suggestions or questions. So please look me up at livingawarenesswa.com or you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube at livingawarenesswa. And feel free to ask questions, suggest a topic because I love to make this as helpful for all of you as I possibly can. So today's episode, I'm feeling like it's time to talk about healing grumpiness and healing our projection on others, because that's always a relevant topic and it's still relevant for me. Um, I probably project maybe 90% less than I did 30 years ago, but I still am capable of doing it. And of course, we can all, you know, grumpiness, anger, frustration, irritability is there in all of us. And if we feel like it's not there, it's just because we're not acknowledging it. (laughs) So um, it's time to really face that with the greatest compassion and learning how we deal with it and how we learn not to project that out on others. So that's what this podcast is all about. And I guess the first key aspect to mention, or it's key to everything really, it's key to healing, and that is personal responsibility. So it's very easy to think that we are being made grumpy or we are being made angry or sad or irritable by something that's going on out there in the world. And of course it's true, there are things that can happen that feel unjust or not fair or not okay for us. And of course we may need to stand up for ourselves or distance ourselves from something or speak our truth. Of course, there's no, that can be very important. However, Healing is all about taking responsibility and really that's 100% responsibility. And the truth is that, yes, we may experience anger or grumpiness in moments if something happens that we need to notice. But if we're holding on to it, if we're pushing it onto others, if we're very energised and irritable over long periods of time, that's always our stuff our responsibility and it's always going to serve our healing to take responsibility in fact it's a beautiful opportunity so so when we're you know grumpy or irritable or noticing that we've been you know saying the wrong thing or hurtful to others or you know that's just a mirror and and you can see it as a really gentle mirror it's showing us what we are that obviously we're feeling something that's making us irritable. And I guess there's many steps in this process, but the first 
and most primary thing is to be honest with yourself about what is really going on deep inside. So for me, whenever I notice I've been grumpy with someone, it might, well, my husband probably cops it the most, or my kids, um, and he'd, you know, don't think I'm really bad, I'm not, <laughs> you know, but occasionally I do still get grumpy and I project things on Dan um, or on my boys. So the first thing I do is when I notice it, I am still capable of being a bit annoyed with myself, which I'm trying to let go of. And so I try to see it. I try to see, and and in fact, it doesn't help until I do see that grumpiness and anger with actual kindness. So the first step is, Isaira would call it witnessing. And it's about that we, sure, notice the grumpiness, notice the irritability inside of us. And a useful thing to do if it's really there and creating a lot of energy is to do a bit of a shakti shake, which I've explained many times. It's where you do some deep breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth to start and having a really good shake and move of the body and then letting out, well, some deep breaths if you can't yell, if you're in a spot you can't yell, or some growls or even a scream here and there, just really releasing that tension. So you're making peace with it, you're releasing it. There's certainly no judgment that that energy is there in you. Quite often, of course, for all of us, what happens is that minor events will either trigger um, an energy that's currently in us, so a vulnerability or a fear or guilt perhaps that's currently in us, or they will set off deeper emotion that's been there for years. So say, for instance, if you're someone that has been abandoned, either practically speaking, you know, a parent left when you're a child or perhaps they passed away or perhaps they just weren't available, so abandoned without them actually leaving but just not available emotionally for you. And so abandonment or this feeling of being left, rejected, is very sensitive for you. So when a small rejection happens, it might be, you know, someone coming late to something, much more anger and irritability, or which is really hurt and pain from the past, will come up in that moment and then sometimes be projected externally onto the person you're with. So what this is about is the Shakti Shake first and number one, not only does it release energy of the present moment, but it also, if you do it for long enough and regularly enough, is capable of releasing all those past held tensions that have been there since birth, since our experience on this planet that can be very challenging. And we've all had parents that, of course, mostly weren't enlightened and therefore had their own wounding and therefore that was passed on to us. Or we've experienced, you know, in our lives, perhaps bullying or difficulties within this world system. So we've all had wounding and it can be triggered. 
not only that, but the challenges of the present moment can be affecting us. So perhaps we have a lot of grief going on about something. You know, perhaps we have fear or vulnerability. And one thing I would say that there is always other emotion beneath anger and irritability. So number one, shakti shake, release some of the tension regularly. Number two, sit with by witnessing the anger or the irritability or the grumpiness that's coming out. And you do that by doing some meditation. So starting with breathing, of course, because breathing, Osiris says breathing is the bridge that takes us from, you know, the state of fight or flight, being in our busy ego mind that we mostly are, to being centred and present and resting more in awareness. So breathing is really a really useful bridge. Not only that, but it is an incredibly valuable tool to calm our state from that fight or flight, very busy mind state, very activated anxious state to a much more centred alpha state or even deeper than that. So slower brain waves, reduced muscle tension, slower heart rate. Particularly the breathing, the alpha breathing that Isara recommends where you slow the exhalation and that is being broadly recommended now. You know, I hear it everywhere. Or you can do the breathing where you hold for a while, inhale four counts, hold eight counts, release six counts. So either of those will significantly calm the state of the body and mind. So starting with breathing and then just observing, just observing the anger with, as I would say, curiosity. I always tell clients that with, with great acceptance and great love, kindness, because what you're really doing with witnessing is you're bringing it to presence. And presence is really divine love. It's really unconditional love, unconditional acceptance. So that's what we want to do with our emotion. We're not analysing because analysis tends to get in the head and tends to get very judgy and we're trying to work it out. It's not about that. It's about just witnessing, so being present, just observing the anger or the grumpiness with great kindness and then letting it deepen, letting yourself see or notice what's beneath the anger. And always there will be other emotion, often fear, fear of something, or feeling great vulnerability about something which is really the same. Sometimes a lot of hurt, pain, sadness, or guilt may be there too. So let yourself sit with the anger and let yourself sink into what else is there, just with the greatest compassion. And you just sit there observing and let it unfold. It may be that you just do that every morning for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And often you will find that the feeling just eases 
or certainly there's a peacemaking with it. There's an acceptance. And sometimes just through witnessing, not through analysis, insight comes. Ah, this is what I'm vulnerable about. Or ah, I'm scared. Or ah, what I'm noticing in that other person is really also in me. Or ah, what that other person is doing, yes, I might need to set some boundaries, but it's also showing me me. And it might be that I need to stop people pleasing here or I need to step back a bit or whatever it is. So acceptance and witnessing is is not about inaction. It's never about that. But it is about non-resistance and non-judgment. So whatever situation or circumstance is contributing to this grumpiness or inner emotion, I should say, because sometimes it's just what's going on inside, is not to be resisted or judged. It's, although if you find yourself doing that, don't, don't be judging that either. So I often find myself in resistance and I work on just accepting that that resistance is there. So it's not about judgment. It's not about resistance. It's about working on acceptance and just witnessing. And, you know, even right now in my life, there's always on this journey, if, if you're on the journey of healing, which if you're listening to this podcast, you are. And if you're interested in spirituality, which is all of you, you're going to be regularly stepping towards vulnerability because that's what the path of healing involves. And right now for me, there is a beautiful deepening into that oneness that we all are. However, of course, because that's further dissolution of the ego, it's more letting go of identity, there's been resistance to that and grumpiness and irritability. So daily, in fact more than daily at the moment, probably three times a day or more, I am tuning in and just attempting to notice that vulnerability with compassion. And the more I do that, the less it comes out on others, on my husband who happens to be the main person in the firing line. (laughs) So, and just more about projection. So first I've said the Shakti Shack and then I've said the witnessing. It is absolutely key. So if we are honest and we daily notice what's going on internally in ourselves, so you've really got to work on not focusing on what's going on on the outside because that's what your ego will want to do. Okay, so not focusing on the external situation. And even for me, I can find that hard. So you swap from that to focusing on what's going on in me, what's beneath this anger. Doesn't matter how justified your anger may feel. You know, whether it's anger towards the world, and there's always plenty of things we can find in the world that are not just, that are not wholesome, and we can feel really angry about. But 
everything that is going on created by every being is really just a cry for love. So, of course, in miracles and Isaiah and every awakened, enlightened soul that I know says that anything that's not a loving act is a cry for love. And, of course, those acts are always coming from other people's pain or fear or vulnerability. And if you really get down to it, they're feeling a separation. They're thinking that they are separate from this divine essence that we are. So although sometimes it's very important to stand up for causes, holding on to anger, all that we're really doing is judging that other human or that other circumstance for their cry for love. And, you know, we do all that. We've, all of us have done things that have hurt other people, every single one of us. So if we're judging another, we're going to be judging ourselves as well. So holding on to anger or judgment, not only is it not helpful for them, it's not helpful for us. Yes, the anger in the moment can point us to something that we need to stand up for, of course, and we don't judge our anger. But the holding on, the living with it, really isn't serving us. So I feel like I got a bit distracted then for a minute. So um, I was talking about we did the Shakti Shag, we do the witnessing, and we, we have to really work on facing what's going on internally. Because, you know, just lately I've told you there's a lot of vulnerability in me as I shift. And honestly... I have found so many things to be grumpy with lately, <laughs> you know, and all that really is, and mostly I haven't been, I've just noticed it internally, but all those things are what they're really pointing to is the fact that I'm scared and feeling vulnerable and quite resistant to greater uh, or dissolution, if you like. But I can make those things that are happening in the outside world, whether it's something that one of my kids has done or Dan or something in the world, I can make that feel really legitimate and there's all sorts of legitimate reasons why I should stay angry with that. <laughs> you know? So I'm telling you, the ego is really tricky. Okay, It is, it is hard to recognise that this is in us and that's why we all project so much. In fact... Well, really, this entire earth, this experience, this dreaming is a projection. So the Course in Miracles would say, and Isaiah does too, that it it was our, we, we had this feeling, this belief in separation and therefore we were terrified and felt guilty and unworthy. And this dream experience is a means by which we can project that feeling of fear and guilt outwards onto others rather than face our own fear and vulnerability. So, you know, we all project, all of us. In fact, I would say any time that you feel energised about something. So, you know, we've all experienced that perhaps our boss or our partner or one of our children, one day they might do something and we can just say, oh, yep, yeah, okay, well, maybe I do need to set a boundary around that. I I may need to notice it or whatever, but you can be calm about it. You can recognise it's coming from their fear or their vulnerability or their current pain, whatever. And, you know, we can be calm, perhaps set a boundary calmly or do whatever we do. 
And then there might be another day where exactly the same thing happens and we get really worked up about it. So what I really want to let you know is that if you feel energized about anything, it's your stuff. So the minute there's a lot of energy in something, there's a desire to get really angry or annoyed or, you know, let someone have it, there's something going on in you. So the opportunity then is to do exactly what I've said, which is to separate yourself from the situation if you possibly can. Do some releasing. It'll really help. <laughs> Let it all out. Do some breathing. Calm your state. Center yourself. And then just witness. The anger will be what's there when you first sit down. And what will be going through your head is the other thing that that person's done. Try to just observe that with great compassion. Don't judge yourself for it. But let yourself shift out of that into what's going on in me. So let it all calm down and then you can see, ah, I'm scared. And it might be about something completely different. So for me at the moment, you know, I'm vulnerable about an internal shift and yet I can get angry about something completely different that's happening on the outside. So let yourself see what's going on in you. Is there some fear? Is there some hurt or pain? Is there guilt? And just sit with that. And another really useful thing before you go and deal with anything is tune in deeply to the other person. So as you get better at tuning into yourself, you will also get better at tuning into others. And often when clients come in and they're angry with someone externally in the world, I say to them, tune in what's going on in them at a deep level. And quite often they say, I don't know. And I say, of course you do, sit with it. And the reality is, if we sit, if we breathe, we sit in our heart space, we tune into that other person, we will know what's going on for them. We will be able to see, ah, they're scared, or they're overwhelmed, or they've got a lot of pain at the moment, or perhaps they're feeling guilty or unworthy or not good enough. Whatever it is. By the way, that's another thing that can be going on in us, is a deep unworthiness a deep sense of not good enough. That's pretty core to a lot of humans and, in fact, that's the thing that we're all healing. So underneath our anger, that can be there too. I haven't been mentioning that, but it can be fear, it can be pain, deep unworthiness, guilt. All of those things can be sitting there. But what happens as we tune into the other we will see, ah, yes, they're scared or they're feeling really unworthy. And then, of course, we know we are also scared. We have moments of unworthiness. And so it becomes much easier to be at peace with that person. We may still need to set boundaries or step back from them or do whatever our heart tells us we need to do. But there's not going to be the judgment and the anger. That's what deep empathy is really about, putting yourself entirely in the shoes of another human. And of course, every relationship, every circumstance is a mirror. And quite often in the past when I've been annoyed with myself for being angry at someone, 
I have realized, ah, this anger is showing me me. It's showing me my vulnerability, my fear, my deep unworthiness. But it's so important when we are grumpy or even if we do project on someone. And of course, if we project on someone, we can say sorry. We can go back and say, look, I realise that there was my stuff in that and I'm really sorry about that. Even if sometimes there's a truth in it or a boundary that needs to be set, the anger and the energy or the way it was said might not have been wholesome. (laughs) So we can at least acknowledge that. I do really want to emphasise though that it's so important to be kind when you're noticing your grumpiness or that you've been angry to another or others because what this is all about, this whole journey, is healing our core unworthiness, our core guilt. So we need to recognise that we're all human, that this can happen, that we've all had trauma, we've all got a nervous system that's wired. I'm just There's crows crowing at the moment. They're really enjoying themselves out there. I'm not sure if you can hear it. I know I'm being distracted. Anyway, if you can hear the crows, just welcome them. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Um, where was I? So, yeah, this is all about healing our core unworthiness and our core guilt because obviously once we feel entirely worthy of the essence of divine love that we are, we will fully open into it. We will be resting in it entirely. And so the only way we're going to heal our unworthiness is by being kind and entirely compassionate. Of course, in Miracles, we'd call it true forgiveness. So we're recognising, in fact, the Course in Miracles would say, whatever we're doing isn't really happening, it's just a dream. And that essence of divine love is always unconditional. It's not paying attention to what's going on in this dream experience. It's always holding us with divine love. That's what we are. So it's really important to remember that we witness our deep emotion, our challenging emotion, with the greatest compassion, with the greatest acceptance. And we do that for the emotion of others as well. And that brings us ultimately to know our true innocence, our complete immersion in the divine love that we are, that we actually have never separated from. And just to emphasise a tiny bit more, those of you that have experienced quite significant trauma, you know, the, the nervous system, you know, having experienced trauma or threat or danger or hurt, the nervous system will spring into defence mechanism, fight or flight mode, and you can find yourself in defensive mode or anger mode very quickly And it can be really hard to learn how to gently work on that. And in that circumstance, it's really important to get a background of practice in calming the state. So the Shakti Shake is really important. Your breathing practice is really important. So you learn 
how to do the types of breathing, as I mentioned earlier, that will calm your state. Being in nature is really important because nature pulls us out of that overly reactive state into a much calmer state. Acceptance is incredibly important because if you're being triggered into an unconscious state and then projecting on others and really judging yourself and fighting it, all you're going to be doing is working up your state even more. So if you've learned to release it, if you've learned the breathing, the meditation, you've learned being in nature, you've learned great acceptance and kindness, you've worked on witnessing, all of these things will help to stop that trigger mechanism. And and what you find is that you just gradually get better at it. You know, some for a while you might still be triggered, but it stops more quickly and perhaps you're more able to say sorry or perhaps you're more able to notice, ah, that's what happened and that's what I was feeling. And sooner or later what starts to happen is you can stop mid-flight because you notice you're in it. Or it's even better eventually to stop before just as you're about to trigger, you notice that increase in tension. Um, Osiris got a name for that. something to do with the rolling pebble effect that, you know, once we're really flipped our lid, it is harder to control it. It definitely is. So if you can catch that moment, notice the feeling of tension in the body, notice the desire to be grumpy, you know, or angry or do whatever it is that you do at another being. And as you learn to catch it before it really starts, it really helps. Another thing that's valuable is to notice, well, what are my triggers? What are the things that always set me off? And if you know something that, you know, say you're going into a circumstance that is going to trigger you, pre-prepare. So do your breathing before you go. Accept that you might feel triggered by a certain situation. Totally allow it. Even ask your partner, say, for instance, Just going back to the abandonment example, if your partner's going to be late from something, tell them, can you please just send me a text because you know that that sets me off, you know. And we can do this stuff with compassion, okay. We can ask our partners for help in healing those things that trigger us. Or maybe if you're going into a situation that you know can be challenging, ask a friend to go with you or drive your own car so that you know you can go out and sit in the car for a while if you need to or even leave early if you need to. It's really important to do this healing journey with great compassion. Letting yourself set it up, pre-prepare, practice, working on the techniques so that it can happen in as gentle way as possible. And then if you do flip your lid, it's not about judging yourself. You just see it apologize for it if that's appropriate and just work on seeing well what is it that set me off and next time I can you know do it differently so I think that's enough for today on healing grumpiness and healing our projections remember to be truly honest with yourself and truly truly compassionate 
And please share this podcast with friends, family or anyone that you think may be interested, workmates. And I do individual therapy. I also do groups or family therapy. I will be running workshops. haven't quite got around to scheduling one yet, but there will be one eventually when the time feels right. So look me up on my website, which is livingawarenesswa.com. I also have a Facebook page and YouTube channel and Instagram page, all of which are Living Awareness WA. And I highly recommend Isaira, of course, as well. And her website is isaira.com. Deepest love and blessings to you all.